as we continue to break down the Arizona State Sun Devils 2022 football schedule, they open Pac-12 play with none other than the reigning Pac-12 champion, Utah Utes. We're going to break down just what needs to happen for Arizona State to win this game to start conference play. This is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Our Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and as always, I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, if you would like to check us out on a visual platform. But wherever you do get those podcasts, make sure that you hit like and subscribe and turn on those notifications so you get an update every time we post new content. If you want to stay up to date on everything Sun Devils and all the content in the world, Make sure you're following me on Twitter. You can find me at RichieBrads36. You can find the podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils. And of course, you can find my work for Sports Illustrated at All Sun Devils. Follow all three. You'll be in touch with everything Arizona State all the time. We're going to be continuing our series, breaking down the 2022 schedule for Arizona State, heading into the year with just over a week to go before the season starts next Thursday against NAU. To open Pac-12 play, you have to play Utah. That is about as tough as it gets. The only good news is the Utes are coming to Tempe, but that might be the only solace that Sun Devil fans can have going into this game. So in the first segment, we're going to go over the offense for Utah. Second segment, we're going to look at defense. And then the third segment, my overall thoughts and what Arizona State needs to do and a prediction for what I think is going to end up happening. Let's take a look at this offense. It's very, very, very good. It is led by Cameron Rising, who is the reigning first team all Pac-12 quarterback from a year ago. Rising took over uh, probably about three to four weeks into the season, something like that. And found a way to throw for nearly 2,500 yards, 20 touchdowns against just five interceptions. And then he also tacked on another 499 rushing yards and six more touchdowns. Was very efficient as a runner and as a passer. He was a complete game changer for the Utes and really got them going. And ultimately was arguably the most important piece for them to and end up ultimately winning the Pac-12, going to the Utah Utes' first ever Rose Bowl, and unfortunately losing to the Ohio State Buckeyes, but putting up a good fight nonetheless in their first ever Rose Bowl appearance. But Rising is back, and that's bad news for everyone in the Pac-12. Rising, to me, and should be universally, is undoubtedly the best quarterback in the Pac-12 going into this season. Now, that's not to say someone can't assert him, you know, everyone's really excited. <clears throat> excuse me. Everyone's really excited about Caleb Williams down in USC, but let's just wait until we get to see what happens there. In the meantime, we know what's going on here with Cameron Rising. He is very good at football and he is going to continue leading a very good Utah Utes rushing attack. Now, unfortunately for them, they are losing 
one of their leading running backs from a year ago, that being TJ Pledger, who had rushed for just shy of 700 yards uh, last season as their third running back. But they have Tavian Thomas coming back. Tavian Thomas rushing for 1,100 yards was also on the first team all Pac-12 honors. Uh, 1,100 yards, 21 touchdowns. Uh, Micah Bernard is also back for them after toppling 523 yards and two touchdowns. He managed to do that on just 87 carries. He was their third running back. We talk about how much Arizona State loves their running backs. Utah loves them just as much. They got Micah Bernard very involved in the passing game as well. He got 26 passes, turned them 251 yards and two more touchdowns. Rising, obviously, is also a very good running quarterback. But perhaps the biggest calling card for this offense could be the offensive line. You have uh, offensive lineman. I, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right. Uh, Satawa Lumia, Lumier, Lumier, I believe, uh, was one of the finalists for the all Pac-12 freshman of the year. He also was an honorable mention for the all Pac-12 teams but they also have really good depth. Braden Daniels is returning at left tackle. He is coming off a year in which he was a second team all Pac-12, and they've got some really good depth coming in as well. Uh, Paul Maley, Keaton Bills, and Jaron Kump are also some of the starters on the offensive line there. Their passing attack is not really as impressive, very similar to Arizona State's with not necessarily a single guy sticking out, but they do have two tight ends that they love to use in Brent Cuthy and Dalton Kin uh, Kincaid. Now, both of them combined a year ago to torch the Sun Devils for seven catches, 80 yards, and two touchdowns, both of those touchdowns going to Cuthy, and they're absolutely going to be the biggest focal point of the Utes passing attack going into this year. They are very excited about their... Uh, six foot four receiver Devon Veal or Vili. I'm not sure. I apologize, Devon. But uh, essentially, going into his like super redshirt sophomore season, uh, he's coming off a year in which he averaged 16.9 yards per reception. He was the uh, second leading wide receiver on the team, only behind Britton Covey, who is no longer with the program. He will essentially be their number one receiver. And probably the third option in that passing attack, uh, or maybe the fourth, can, depending on what they, how big the load's going to end up being for Micah Bernard as a running back. But they're definitely excited for getting Devon Veal a lot more involved in the offense. And he's a post-up guy in the end zone. They're going to love the ability to throw the fades and all that goal line stuff and get those opportunities for touchdowns. Cameron Rising, obviously a very good quarterback, is going to be able to take advantage of that. Utah Utes offense is like their worst case scenario is a best case scenario for Arizona state is that they're just going to be able to run the ball at will. Uh, I don't, I don't see a reason why they couldn't have 2000 yard rushers. Honestly, uh, Bernard again had 523 TJ pledger ahead of him had 694. They could combine those numbers or they could split it up. Cameron rising at 499 last year. He didn't even start the full season. You could see uh, Tavian Thomas, Micah Bernard, and Cameron Rising all compete for like that 700-yard mark. Tavian definitely feels like the lock for 1,000 yards. 
21 touchdowns is definitely going to be hard to repeat, but he's going to be probably like the go-to weapon in that entire offense. And Cameron Rising is going to make everyone else better. They got two tight ends. They got a very good offensive line. Utah should have no problem scoring points this year. It doesn't matter who they're going to be going up against. With that being said, let's go ahead and hop into our first break. When we return, we're going to continue picking up this time on the defensive side of the ball for the Utah Utes. But first, a quick word from our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NHL, NBA, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts they have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action happening right now. BetOnline, where the game starts. As always, thank you guys so much for making us your first listen of the day. The Ultimate College Football Preview is here, a seven-episode preview with college experts, local team experts, and Odyssey College Football Insiders. It's everything you need to be ready for the college football season in one spot. Search for Ultimate College Football Preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you check it out, guys, so that you are ready to go with all the knowledge you need to know about college football heading into this season. Let's go ahead and get back into our conversation now as we look at the defensive side of the ball for the Utah Utes. This was ultimately the greatest strength that they had a year ago. It started with Devin Lloyd, who absolutely got robbed of the, uh, not the Bolitnikoff, the Dick Buckus Award for the nation's top uh, linebacker. He was just unstoppable, flew all over the field, winds up being a first-round pick, but the guy had 111 tackles, paced the team, 22 tackles for loss, paced the team, seven sacks, third on the team, four interceptions, paced the team, two touchdowns, paced the team. He's gone, though. That's going to be incredibly difficult to replace. Thankfully for them, they did a lot of addition by subtraction. And while they did lose a lot of very important players on that defensive side of the ball, not just Devin Lloyd, they also lost, um, oh my goodness, I had this pulled up. Was it Malone Metalli? No, he's back. I can't remember. But point is, especially on the defensive line, they got so much younger. Their entire starting defensive line, according to rlands.com, is nothing but sophomores. You got Jonah Ellis, Junior Tafuna, Aliki Vimahai, and Van Fillinger. Now, uh, who was it? Uh, Junior, uh, Junior Tafuna was a freshman a year ago, racked up 33 tackles, four and a half, uh, sacks for himself was one of the uh, one of the finalists for uh, Pac-12 Defensive uh, Freshman of the Year. He was really, really unstoppable. Or excuse me, he uh, he won it. Uh, junior Junior Tef, uh, Tefuna won it for them. He was outstanding. He was very, very good. And he's a true junior this year. He's going to be a monster. 
They did have another uh, freshman place for the uh, defensive freshman of the year in Cole Bishop at safety. He is back. He is also very, very good. And I believe had seven interceptions for the team, or not seven, excuse me, two. Uh, Double checking. He actually did not have any. However, he did have 54 tackles, nine for loss, three sacks, and had a fumble recovery. He's going to be a very important presence in that secondary this year. That's also very young. You have Clark Phillips, the third, who is also going into his sophomore season. He was very, very good a year ago as well. Uh, Clark Phillips had two interceptions and a pick six for himself with 61 tackles. For what it's worth, he is also likely to be their starting return man. So that'll be an interesting development to take a look at. Uh, you also have uh, Malone, Matt, Mattily, and and uh, Jatravis Broughton. Excuse me. But it's it's a very young secondary as well. Uh, the oldest guy back there would be Jatravis as a junior, or RJ Hubert, excuse me, as a senior. But Bishop, Clark, and... Um, um, Malone are all sophomores. It's such a young defense and it's just insane because Utah has always done such a good job of keeping guys till their senior years and then just having the guys right behind them to reload. It's not going to be any different this year. They do bring in a very intriguing guy through the transfer portal in the form of Muhammad Diab Diabati. I believe I'm really sorry about butchering these names uh, coming from Florida. He is going to be a senior this year, uh, career best season a year ago, 89 tackles, two and a half tackle for loss. He is going to be plugged into the middle linebacker position for them. Although their, their listings on defense are very different compared to what you would see for other College football teams, which is one of the things that I absolutely love about college football, is no alignment is the same. He is listed as their MAC linebacker. Their stud linebacker is freshman Lander Barton, and their rover linebacker is Kareen Reed. Again, there is so much youth here. Looking at the projected starters, uh, Mohamed Diabadi and RJ Hubert are or are seniors. J uh, Travis Broughton is a junior. Everyone else is a sophomore and, and Lander Barton is a, is a freshman. And you have no reason to not be excited about this defense. Yes. You are going to be replacing a lot of what you had a year ago. Uh, Nephi Sewell was the guy I was trying to remember. He was another linebacker for the team who had 89 tackles and seven and a half tackle for loss a year ago. So you are going to be replacing your top two leading tacklers, but nonetheless, you just have so much depth here and it's so young and it's talented and it's intriguing. It was proven too. I think that's the craziest thing is like, it's so many sophomores, but it's sophomores who showed off so much junior Tafuna, Clark Phillips, uh, uh, Clark, uh, I said Clark Phillips, Cole Bishop, those guys are going to be so, so important to this defense this year. And there's a very real chance that they wind up being some of some of the best defensive players in the Pac-12 entirely. I would not put it past them. They are that good. 
yeah, Utah's defense is going to be great. You can go ahead and just put that in pen. Don't worry about it. Utah's great on both sides of the ball. Nothing new here. Let's go ahead and hop into our final break. When we return, we're going to go through my final overall thoughts on Utah, what ASU needs to do to beat them, and a little bit more. This is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. And as always, guys, thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. Do me a favor and make your second listen of the day the Locked on Pac-12 podcast hosted by my good friend Spencer McLaughlin. Get all your Pac-12 news in 30 minutes or less. Make it your second listen of the day. Stay in touch with everything Arizona State and the Conference of Champions. Overall, this is the best team in the Pac-12. I firmly believe that. Everyone's going to hype up USC, rightfully so. That is a great roster. But I am still not willing to say that USC, just because they brought in all this talent and they brought in Lincoln Riley, I do not believe that's going to equal year one success. I do think this is a program that might need a year, maybe two years to gel and get everything figured out. This is not an instant top 10 team and playoff contender the way that Utah is. Utah is going to contend for the college football playoff this year. You can bookmark that. I don't I don't see very many scenarios where Utah is just unable to just completely demolish the Pac-12 this year. It's a very weak conference and everything is just it, it feels like it's all lining up for them to be very very good this year. Taking a look at their schedule, they open the year in the swamp versus the Florida Gators. That will be a tough game, but Florida definitely underachieved last year. Utah far and away the better team. Uh, looking at the main marquee matchups, they'll have San Diego State come to Utah. That'll be a win. They go to UCLA. That'll be a win. USC comes to Utah. That will be a very good challenge for them. This will also be at about the midway point of the season. So we're going to find out whether or not Utah is for real and whether or not USC is for real. And then you have to go to uh, Eugene, Oregon to play the Oregon Ducks. Other than that, this schedule is a cakewalk, and that includes Arizona State. I love my Sun Devils as much as anyone else. Arizona State is so far below what the Utah Utes are going to be this year, what the Utah Utes were last year, and what the Utah Utes will continue to be for years to come. Kyle Whittingham best coach in the Pac-12, might be one of the five best coaches in college football. He's going to guide this program just to absolute new heights. The amount of success he has had just in the last 10 years alone is unprecedented. The dude is a program builder, to put it lightly. This is a guy who, when Nick Saban eventually retires from Alabama, they're going to be throwing money at Kyle Whittingham. And they would be lucky to acquire his services. He's very, very good. But for now, with him at Utah, this is one of the best teams in the country. There's so much like great talent coming back on offense. And there's so much young, exciting potential on the defensive side of the ball. It's well coached. And it's it's just, uh, I'm, I'm so excited for Utah football this year as just a Pac-12 fan in general. Obviously, I'm going to hate Utah that one week we have to play them. Uh, for what it's worth, they do have to come to Tempe. And it's not as though ASU can't pull off an upset. 
but I I don't know if Utah is worse than they were last year. I truly don't. And Utah ended up shutting out Arizona State in the second half of last year's game. You were up 21 to 7 at half and you lost 35 to 21. Like I I feel like this Utah Utes team is a better roster than it was last year and that's with losing Devin Lloyd who was arguably the best player in the entire Pac-12 last year. Nonetheless, it just you look at this Utah Utes team, they feel unbeatable. I don't know where very many of their weaknesses are. Truly, like maybe return game since you're having to replace TJ Pledger and even then it doesn't feel like it's going to be that hard. What does ASU have to do to win? They they got to they got to pray. They got to pray that they can find a way to pull this game off. The bright side is you got this game at home. If you can find a way to start the year 3 and 0, which would include a huge win over Oklahoma State in Stillwater, that hopefully would get some buzz going with the student section and get the inferno going and bring everyone to this home game to kick off Pac-12 play. That would be a huge first step is having that home field advantage, especially because Utah travels. They travel really, really well. And if ASU is off to a two and one or God forbid a one and two start, I mean, you could be in a situation where it's basically a Utah home game. It's not like it's a far drive for these guys anyways you got to find a way to build up some support for the team and you got to you got to find a way to make sure that the life doesn't get sucked out of the stadium early on the, these players are going to need momentum on their side so being 3 and 0 would give me a little more hope now with that in mind utah is also going to be 3 and 0 they're going to probably be ranked in the top 5 at this point they are number 7 currently i don't see why they won't be ranked higher this would be a game where you would just have to execute perfectly. You could not turn the ball over. Now, this is something that ASU did not do last year. Jaden Daniels actually had his best game of the season and had three touchdowns, zero interceptions, zero fumbles. You have got to have that clean of a game again. You need to control the clock, keep Cameron rising off the field. You need to dictate the pace of the game, which means being able to run the ball at will against a very good defense and especially a good front seven, you do need to be able to challenge that secondary. If you know how to do it, you let me know. Defensively, you know what their strengths are. Last year, Arizona State struggled so much against the tight end, and you've got to go up against these two guys again. You cannot let them take advantage of you. You have to take them away. And you have to challenge them vertically. They need to beat you down the field. Your front seven is a very good unit. But that is a great offensive line. And that is a great run game. You are going to be put up to the test in that situation. It is going to be a very, very rough game for you. But I'll tell you what. You pull off that upset, you storm that field. And you feel good about it, Sun Devil fans. Honestly, though. I am going to peg that as a loss, but crazier things have happened. And that's the beauty of college football. That's actually going to go ahead and wrap it up for this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils, though. So as always, thank you guys so much for making us your first listen of the day. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you would like to check us out in the visual platform, but wherever you do get those podcasts, make sure you hit like and subscribe. 
Turn on those notifications so you get an update every time we post new content. Speaking of which, if you want to check out all of my content, you can check it all out on Twitter. You can find me at RichieBrads36, and you can find the podcast at LO underscore Sundevils. If you want more content, make sure that you keep up to date with everything I got going on at Sports Illustrated at All Sundevils. Follow all three. You'll be in the loop for everything, all Sundevils, all the time. But until next time, guys, you keep it locked right here. Unlocked on